At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner. Presented by Bet Rivers. Okay, Holden with VEASAN, Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers, and the Broncos have their new head coach. Now, coming up on today's show, I'm going to give my thoughts. We'll also get to Andrew Mason from Mile High Sports. He'll give me his thoughts. He'll give us his thoughts on the Nathaniel Hackett hiring. Talk some abs with Mark Springer from Altitude 92.5, and then give you my recap of the Nuggets game last night, a potential live betting opportunity for the Colorado game tonight and a Northern Colorado bet as they battle for first place against Weber State on the hardwood. But let's get into this. Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator with Green Bay, no longer has that title. He is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. First thought on the Broncos hiring Nathaniel Hackett has to be Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers coming here And I got to tell you, I'll be a little disappointed if he doesn't, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think that's just the nature of hiring Nathaniel Hackett, given how much Aaron Rodgers have bloviated about this guy, how great he is. He's just gushed over Nathaniel Hackett, how much he wanted him to stay in Green Bay. Second of all, we know Rodgers, I don't want to call him a malcontent, but this offseason, this past offseason, very rocky with Aaron Rodgers, as we know. And then, of course, here in Denver, there hasn't been a good quarterback since Peyton Manning. So it's been a long time. And just because they got Nathaniel Hackett does not mean Aaron Rodgers is going to be the head coach here. Uh, did it have something to do with it? If it did, probably minuscule. But ultimately, this just had to be the right guy for the job. And I'm just glad it's not Dan Quinn. Okay, so uh, talks heated up Wednesday night because the report came out that the Jaguars were going to interview Nathaniel Hackett. And I don't want to say that the Jags made this happen, but it probably sped the process up quite a bit. Uh, The Broncos want to make sure he didn't meet with the Jaguars. Although I don't know. Well, they do have Trevor Lawrence and, and Hackett had been there. So uh, maybe there were a couple of dots that could have been connected. Uh, I, I want to say this. I lost my futures bet on Dan Quinn. Also, I said it at the book. Dan Quinn, even money, Hackett plus 125. Uh, that's fine. Uh, lost a quarter unit there, but I'm happy. I'm happy. And and when he didn't get the job, when Quinn didn't get the job, he said, forget about it. You know, I'm going back to Dallas. He really wanted this job, obviously. But he's a guy that does have uh, a history. He took his team, the Falcons, to the Super Bowl. But after that, he was a complete disaster. They never recovered from that. And Something about Hackett really got to to Peyton where Dan Quinn couldn't. And Peyton and Quinn had a long, long history. So he's getting this job, Nathaniel Hackett is, because he's the right fit for George Peyton. He's the leader of men. 
He's a sharp offensive mind. Um, and, and listen, the fact that the Packers actually got beaten by the Niners this past weekend, it did hurry things up because Hackett would not have been available for interview until after Sunday if the Packers had won that last game. Uh, anyways, I do want to inject this quote in here, and I think um, it's been making its round on the internets. But this is Hackett in Green Bay. I think he's, he's either talking to the quarterback's room or just the offense as a whole. But this is kind of cool, giving you some insight to the type of dude that Nathaniel Hackett is and the type of, I guess, camaraderie relationship that he has with his players. Now, we're going to talk about a show snap shrink. So we're going to do a seven-step drop. Because we want to be great actors, we're going to show the ball. Hey, here's the ball. I'm handing it off. And then we're going to snap the ball in. And then we're going to shrink down. Everybody with me on that? Because we want to be dramatic. We want the defense to go, oh, my God. I think he's handing the ball off. Oh, my gosh. No, he's not. Downtown. You know what I mean? So that's what we're going to do. It looks like this. Show it, snap it, and shrink. Everybody see that? Seven-step drop, eight to the left, seven to the right. We're going to go under center, too. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's just fun stuff right there. I like hearing that type of thing. Uh, I don't think Vic Fangio was like that. <laughs> Like Fangio had lighthearted things to say too often. Uh, let's just go through the background on Hackett here. He was uh, at Stanford for three years, came into the NFL in 2006. John Gruden hired him to uh, replace Kyle Shanahan as the quality control coach. Um, the next two years, he went to the Bills. Then he was hired by Doug Marone in Jacksonville. And that's why you always hear, oh, look what he did in Jacksonville. He helped them get to an AFC title game in 2015 with Blake Bortles uh, as the head coach. Or was that 2017? So three and a half years in Jacksonville, last two as a coordinator, three years in Green Bay. Uh, again, I think that one year with Bortles probably meant more than the three years with Aaron Rodgers. He obviously picked stuff up with Aaron Rodgers. He didn't call the plays. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers you know, called a lot of the plays there. So we got three years of Syracuse, two in Buffalo, three and a half Jacksonville, three Green Bay, and now uh, hopefully more than four years. He gets a four-year deal. Hopefully more than four years here. Uh, and he's an interesting dude. So he was a linebacker and a long snapper at UC Davis out in California. He majored in neurobiology. He almost became a doctor. He taught hip-hop classes. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's fascinating stuff. So let's move on to how Hackett could succeed now. Because again, he had one season succeeding without a quarterback. Then he had three years where he did succeed. Here's what I'm a little concerned of, though. What I'm concerned when it comes to him, when I go back and I look at especially the last two years of Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers did not trust anybody but Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. The non-Devante Adams, Aaron Jones receiving line for Aaron Rodgers was one catch for six yards. He just didn't trust anybody else. I thought he had that trust with Lazard. He had Lazard open plenty in that San Francisco game. Didn't look at him. Josh Deguara, the tight end, wide open multiple times, middle of the field, didn't throw it to him. So I wonder, I wonder how much that had to do with the staff and how much that just had to do with Aaron Rodgers saying, screw the game plan. I don't care. I only feel comfortable about these guys. And that's a conversation we can have if and when Aaron Rodgers comes to town. It's a little bit of a concern there. He's another first-year head coach. We've seen that happen. Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio hasn't worked out that well. At least they get a guy from the offensive side of the ball this time. Now, there are some other things to take into account. He does kind of run a West Coast, 
with a play action RPO um, element or two. So a mobile quarterback would be great. Aaron Rodgers would obviously be great. And to me, that kind of already is a system that was in place here with Teddy Bridgewater and upgrade at the quarterback position. Boy, there's a lot of talent here. And I know that Hackett knows that too. Uh, here's the possible staff additions. Rams passing game coordinator, Ijiro Ivuro. He's the leading candidate for defensive coordinator, okay? Defensive coordinator. So he was a passing game coordinator, but he's the leading defensive coordinator candidate. And he spent 2016 with the Packers as a defensive quality control coach. Interesting. Then they're also going to interview a guy that worked for Hackett in Green Bay, their run game coordinator, Adam Stenovich. So we might have Ivuro and Stenovich on the staff here under Nathaniel Hackett. So listen, here's the things I like about this. I like that it was a thorough coaching search. I like that there were 10 guys involved. I like that there was a clear front runner and a history with Quinn and Peyton. And that didn't matter because Peyton went with the guy that he thought was the best fit, not the best relationship. I, I really respect that. I really respect it. Look, the last two coaches, Vance Joseph was Elway's guy, Fangio too. These were guys. Now, maybe there were some ties between the two sides, between Hackett and Peyton before. Not nearly as well known, though, as what we knew with Dan Quinn and George Peyton. Okay? So maybe Hackett can come here, same type of personnel, clean up the in-game decision-making that really hurt this franchise over the past at least two coaches and probably more than that. But I, I really do think with a competent coach, this team could have won two more games this year. Probably they could have been a, a nine win team. Yeah, a nine and eight team. So we'll see the offensive moves personnel wise, and then we'll see what Hackett can add to it. Always a little skeptical about in game decision making by coaches in their first year because it's something where you normally have to get better at it. Years and years it takes to progress. You don't want to have to say that. You don't want your coach to have to be. Uh, on a learning curve, but let's face it, that's that that's the way it is. So ultimately, I'm fine with the hire, like the hire. If I had to grade it, I'd give it a B. If it gets Aaron Rodgers here, it's an A plus 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 plus. I'm happy it's not Dan Quinn. And to me, it at least solidifies one of the three huge openings. Owner, head coach, quarterback. Next, get the owner and the quarterback. Maybe the Broncos will be in business in 2022. Andrew Mason, Mile High Sports. He's going to join me next. Get his thoughts on the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. For more real-time relevant sports betting news and information, listen to VEASAN in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. VEASAN, the sports betting network, is on the air in Denver. 
Listen to relevant, real-time sports betting news and information on Denver's Altitude Sports 950. Follow the money, a numbers game, Lombardi Line, My Guys in the Desert, The Nightcap, and much, much more from VEASAN, the sports betting network, on the air in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. Andrew Mason, you know I'm here on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Uh, Andrew, first of all, thanks for making time today. It's snowing. We got a new head coach here in town. You still make time for me, so I do appreciate that. Second of all, what's your initial reaction here? Hackett's the new head coach. Well, I mean, I think the first reaction, I think it's an obvious one, is what does this mean for the quarterback position? What does this mean uh, for the Broncos maybe pursuing Aaron Rodgers, because you just hired Aaron Rodgers as offensive coordinator, uh, somebody that he's spoken uh, quite fondly of over the last the three seasons. Of course, since Hackett became Green Bay's OC, that's that's the first thing here. And uh, then beyond that, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, you have somebody who's on the offensive side who's worked with quarter who work, who's worked with quarterbacks before. So if uh, Plan A, and I believe the Broncos' Plan A is Aaron Rodgers, if that does not work out then uh, whatever your plan B is, whether it uh, is continuing to develop Drew Locke, picking a quarterback in the first round this year or both, or, or a veteran quarterback in between, you're hoping, if you're the Broncos, that Hackett's going to be able to maximize that. So you don't hire a guy just for the pipe dream that he can bring the superstar quarterback, but how much do you actually think this did weigh into the decision, if at all? I think it had a little bit of an impact, but again, not the total impact. You can't hire a coach based simply on whether you get a player, a specific player in free agency or via a trade. I mean, and even though this is a quarterback-centric sport, you can't you can't do that. But because it's a quarterback-centric sport, that is one reason why I think they did look to the offensive side. And again, if they can't get Aaron Rodgers, you want to have somebody who's going to be able to help develop a quarterback and uh, maybe find the long-term solution the Broncos have lacked over the last uh, six seasons since Peyton Manning's retirement. And one advantage of hiring an offensive coach rather than a defensive coach is that if you do do well, then you're not losing kind of the, the brain that is at the, the core of the operation and, and what you're doing. If you have a defensive head coach, then if your offense is doing well, you're liable to lose that offensive coordinators to someone else and then kind of maybe start over a little bit uh, on the offensive side by hiring an offensive coach like Nathaniel Hackett, someone with extensive quarterback experience. That's not something that you're going to be concerned with. And so I think that helps even if the Broncos do go back into the draft pool this spring. Yeah, it really is fascinating because how do you see success with Nathaniel Hackett without a quarterback is the whole thing. It's like great coaches usually have great quarterbacks, right? right. And, and then you're looking at Shanahan with the Niners. He's figured out other ways to do that. But, I mean, could this be just Vic Fangio, another line of a an unsuccessful head coach because they don't have a quarterback? Or do you think it's possible Peyton, Hackett, the staff, whoever comes along with him, actually could figure out a way to win without a Peyton Manning, a John Elway, et cetera? Yeah, that's the big question. I mean, I think what we've seen over the years is uh, you can win without the guy, one of the elite or even second-tier quarterbacks, but you can't do it 
consistently. You mentioned San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, they're going to their second NFC Championship game here in the last three seasons. But then in between, they had a losing record. So even with one of those coaches who is considered a QB guru, as it were, you're not going to have consistent success without hitting on the on the quarterback. The Niners basically have been down, then up, then down, then up again. And so what, whether Hackett succeeds is going to, to be based on whether he can find that, that top-shelf quarterback, whether it's via trade or by developing one and having him blossom into someone who can be good enough to compete in a division that has – Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Derek Carr, those three guys that Vic Fangio called top shelf in his final press conference before the Broncos dismissed him earlier this month. So that that I think is going to be is going to be paramount, and that again is 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 a part of the reason I think why they look to Nathaniel Hackett because in his past there was a very good season he got out of Kyle Orton not long before Kyle Orton retired back with Buffalo. And then in Jacksonville, he was on the job as offensive coordinator for parts of three seasons. The full 2017 season when he was guiding the Jaguars offense, they were a top 10 offense. And they had Blake Bortles at quarterback. And they came within four points of beating the Patriots and going to the Super Bowl. So for Hackett, I kind of look at that season maximizing an offense that had an outstanding running back with Leonard Fournette and then a basically a fringe starter in Blake Bortles and getting within one game of the Super Bowl and that's where you say okay if you don't get Aaron Rodgers if it's somebody else are you going to be able to maximize that guy even though he may not be the guy long term that I think is what you're counting on here with Nathaniel Hackett and you would hire him for that and if it gives you a better chance at Aaron Rodgers then that's a nice bonus as well but it couldn't have been the only reason why they hired him, and I don't believe it was the only reason why they hired him. I mean, let's let's get to it though. Like, what do you think is the realistic possibility that A. Rod ends up here? Because that's what everybody wants. And if they didn't want the speculation of him coming here, then they wouldn't have hired Hackett. What right. are you laying it's, it out as? Yeah, we're we're about to go into about about six weeks of nonstop speculation about Aaron Rodgers. And uh, look, the Packers have a lot of hoops to jump through if they are going to uh, keep Aaron Rodgers. Because one of the ancillary hoops there is, I think, finding a way to keep Devontae Adams as well. And they're sitting there north of $40 million over the salary cap for the 2022 season. So it can be done. We've seen how the New Orleans Saints can manip manipulate the salary cap into oblivion. Eventually the bill comes due, but you can keep pushing it back and pushing it back. But at the same time... The reality is Aaron Rodgers may simply say, look, we haven't gone to a Super Bowl in over a decade. We keep falling short in the playoffs. My offensive coordinator just left. I'm I'm ready to move on. And then it becomes a matter of does he move on elsewhere in the NFL or to or to retirement? I and he he sounded after the loss to the 49ers like someone who was very seriously considering retirement. I think that may ebb a bit once the pain and shock of losing that game on the cold night that the 49ers fades. I would actually put the Broncos as a slight favorite among all the possibilities here to land Aaron Rodgers when all this is done in the next several weeks. 
Yeah, I'll end up doing my own uh, my own odds there. I think a lot less of a cap hit come June first, so we might have like what five months. <laughs> you said six yeah. weeks. We could have well, five. Yeah, months you can of this. you can manipulate everything, and you can do it with a post June one designation. And the other thing for the Packers is they may want to rip the uh, they may want want to rip the bandaid off right now, and just get and just get everything on the books for this year and clear the deck because look. If you do have a bad season in 2022, and this may be part of the Saints thinking as well, uh, you're looking at a draft class next year that could have quarterbacks one, two at the top with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. All right, so Hackett's, Hackett's the big story here, but let's just get carried away for a second. Aaron Rodgers ends up coming to Denver. Bigger, same story, or not as big as when Peyton Manning arrived here? Um. Well... It's as big, but not bigger. And the reason why I'll say it is this. Peyton was coming off of the neck surgeries and had missed the previous season. So that's going to downgrade that just a little bit. And Aaron Rodgers is coming off of two MVPs. But then just in terms of like prominence and, and, and or national prominence, not that Aaron Rodgers isn't big, but Peyton Manning was a bit bigger. And so that's why I think I kind of meet in the middle and say it's equal. Now... Then the difference is, though, for the Broncos, to get Aaron Rodgers, they're going to have to sacrifice quite a bit in terms of capital, most likely draft capital. Uh, they may not have a first-round pick for the next uh, two or three years if they make this deal for Aaron Rodgers. And so then it for them, it's going to be you've got to maximize those mid-round picks and you got to hope that the guys you've already brought in continue to develop because you're not going to have uh, that ability to replenish with a first-round talent over the next few years. Whereas with the Broncos, with Peyton Manning, he was a free agent. And uh, they didn't have to worry about that. I'd say it's a, it, it would be as big, not bigger, but as big. Mace, uh, great job with that uh, Twitter bit the other night, too. Just <laughs> looking at FlightAware saying, the, the plane's still here. The plane is still yeah. here. If at any point in time you were doing that bit, did you think that maybe this was Hackett's chance to get the job? I, I did. And honestly, when he got back on the plane to Green Bay, I did think uh, that maybe uh, it wasn't going to – going to work out to, for him coming in. But at the same time, he did not have anything specifically lined up. And so the, probably the Broncos did think they had a little bit of time to ruminate on this. With the reports last night that Hackett was going to interview with the Jaguars, that deadline, I think, spurred, spurred the action, which told me that uh, Hackett was their, their first choice. Now what I'm looking for is uh, when – the next flight from Green Bay to Centennial Airport is, is leaving, and uh, there's not one on the docket yet, but I'm, I'm guessing we're going to see one scheduled here at some point, uh, if not uh, today with the snowfall uh, coming down, uh, maybe very early on Friday morning. If you're in Denver, you know Andrew Mason. At Mace Denver, 4 to 6, Mile High Sports. Thank you so much for the time, Andrew. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. You take care. All right, there are other teams in town. We'll talk some abs next with Mark Springer from Altitude 92.5 on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. 
Holden with VEASAN. Let's talk some basketball here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. We're going to start uh, with a quick Nuggets recap. Then we've got Northern Colorado in play tonight. I've got a bet there and then a recommendation for the Colorado-Washington game as well. But real quick on the Nuggets. They've now won three in a row, eight of 11. They went into Brooklyn and won 124-118. And it was interesting because, uh, let's see, what, two hours for the game? You learn that James Harden's been downgraded with a hamstring. And then as the afternoon goes on, you say, once a player's been downgraded in the middle of the day, it's usually not good for them. So we saw this line go from two, Nuggets minus two on the road, all the way up to four and a half. It closed at four and a half. And at that time, once they said Harden is out, like you really have to follow the news closely and then run to the book to try and beat them. And you could do it sometimes. And I did it yesterday. It was at three and a half with speculation about Harden not playing. The second it happened, I hit it at, at three and a half. It went up to four and a half. And the Nuggets covered against the Nets no matter what. They had six players in double figures. Another great game from Jokic. It, it, it was a ho-hum 26.10 rebound eight performance, eight, eight assist performance. It's just, this guy's just too great. And I'm starting to get used to it a little bit too much. And I think we all are. Uh, interesting because I thought that they could get Jokic a little more rest, but they couldn't because DeMarcus Cousins... <laughs> decided to get ejected in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's who this guy is. He did actually play well. Like, I still don't feel like there's a roster spot for this guy as the season goes on. You would hope that they'd be able to address this a little bit sooner than that. But 13-6, and six, you know, he got Jokic some rest. He didn't get him enough rest, but he actually looked good out on the floor. But let's see who they were doing it against. It was against the Nets. So... Uh, anyways, Boogie's showing a little bit of life, and then he got kicked out. Um, let's see, what else we got? We got Austin Rivers. He's still a thing. 17 minutes, 20 points, 6 to 7 shooting, uh, plus 14. So he let everybody in plus minus on the Nuggets side. Like, I, I didn't think he would be a thing anymore now that Brent Forbes is in town, but he is. And Forbes was just one of four from three. He had five points, one assist in 15 minutes. So not a good night for Brent Forbes. Capazzo played 20 minutes. He didn't really do much of anything, but you know Malone loves him. Uh, no bones. Davin Reed played like eight seconds in this game. And, and, and I'd like to see more Reed and Najee. I just, uh, they're long, they're athletic. Defensively, I love seeing them out on the floor. Uh, but ultimately, listen, uh, the second unit, still struggling a bit. Better last night. Once again, I think two straight games, we could say that they're, they've been better you know, against the actually three games, Pistons, Pistons, and the Nets. We'll see what happens when they actually play some good competition. Good thing is they got the Pelicans coming up tomorrow night. So it shouldn't really be uh, that much of a challenge. Although, again, it's the NBA. Guys are sitting out. Guys are playing. They got to get Jokic some rest. The most important thing, just keep racking up these wins. See if you can get the fifth seed before it's all said and done. Unless you get Porter and Murray back, and maybe it'll be an even stronger finish to the season. But the Nuggets at least feeling a little bit better about them now. Now, on the college basketball side, let's discuss this. Colorado visiting Washington. Uh, the Buffs beat the Huskies 78-64 in Boulder on January 9th. Now, in Pac-12 play, man, it's it's been a, a little bit nuts out there. A little bit nuts. And... Perimeter defense for the Buffs have been good, and I think Terrell Brown is going to have some issues 
uh, once again against CU. He was just four of 16 uh, from the floor when the Buffs won that game. And if they can shut Brown down again, then I think there's a pretty clear path to Colorado winning this game and back-to-back wins here. The problem with CU is in Seattle, they've lost 11 of 12 games and five in a row at Washington. 11 of 12 and five in a row at Washington. Absolutely brutal there. They did, though, come off that big win against the Ducks, their first quad one win. So just keep matriculating here. The, the, The thought of getting an NCAA berth is really far away, but you keep winning. You win games like Oregon. You win at Washington where you haven't done it very much and you haven't done it often recently. Uh, These are things that are going to build confidence in a young team. You never know how hot they can get down the stretch and maybe in the Pac-12 tournament too. We know about Jabari Walker, super stud, 14 points, eight and a half rebounds a game, 13.9 points. Uh, He leads the Pac-12, nine double-doubles this season. He's just been great. Um, Almost 10 rebounds a game too in the Pac-12. The Huskies, let's talk about them for a second. What are we going to see from them again? They paid a... Played a fast pace, fast pace. 31st out of 358 Division I teams. So that's interesting. Uh, On the other side, the Buffaloes, 37% of their threes is what they're making right now. That's huge in conference play. They're up 6% in their three-point shooting percentage. So that's good to see. Some things are trending the right way now for CU. The problem is they're turning the ball over way too often. They turn the ball over about one every five possessions, 20%, and Washington does not turn the ball over very much. Um, Offensively, the Huskies limited 228th nationally in offensive efficiency, bottom 50 in effective field goal percentage, and uh, they don't shoot the two well either. So here's the deal. I don't know how this Colorado team, this young Colorado team is going to respond after that huge win at Oregon. You know, they battled USC. They almost beat UCLA. They go on the road. They're down, what, 13-0 and 20-5 to to the Ducks and ultimately pull it out. Are they a better team than Washington? Yeah, I I think they're a better team. Uh, Unfortunately, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in a place that they haven't won in five years. So with that, I do like Colorado tonight. I do not like them laying two-and-a-half points. I'm going to live bet this game. And my recommendation to you, if you do live bet, if you don't live bet, that's fine. Try it. I mean, l- listen, uh, a $1 bet, if you want to, that's that's the one thing I can tell you too. If you're trying out new things, betting, and your unit's $100, don't bet a $100 unit. If you're learning to do so, put like a dollar on it. Like literally $1 is all you would need to put on it just to try and get better at your process. That's how I learned to live bet. And tonight, what I'll do, just like I did in that, Colorado State game. Let's see how often or how big the deficit is for Colorado at any point in time. Could you imagine if they fall down 10-0 out of the gate, 13-0 like at Oregon, the number that we're going to get there? We're going to get the Buffs, you know, six, six and a half, seven point dogs. So again, at some point in time, Colorado is going to trail in this game. You're just, I, I don't like laying two and a half on the road with the Buffs. I do think they win. Let's see if we can just get a better number than that. Now, Northern Colorado hosting Weber State. First place in the Big Sky on the line. I love the Big Sky. If you listen or watch this show, you know that. I love this game. I'm going to be watching this one too. I'll have CU on one. I'll have Northern Colorado on the other. Bears 20th nationally in uh, field goal percentage against 
D1 opponents, okay? They're shooting 37% from three. That's great. We know Dalen Coots, stud, 19.5 points per game, 51% shooting. That's great. Uh, and, and UNC loves shooting the three. 46.5% of their field goal attempts are from behind the arc, 22nd most in the country. And then the Wildcats, they're not good. They're bad. They're in the bottom third of the country in three-point defense. Mm, very interesting. Let me throw a couple other things out here at you. The, the over is 10-1 and one in the last Bears uh, 11 games. Last 11 games of the Bears, the over is 10-1. and one. Weber State, second game of a four-game road trip. They got four games in eight days in four different cities. So they're coming off the win at Southern Utah. I don't think that is going to alter the rotations here for Weber State tonight. Although, I mean, if you got four games in eight days in four different cities, maybe there will be a point where some of the starters' minutes are taken back, and it could happen a little bit tonight. Although, again, this is a very important game for both teams. Weber State 14-5, and 7-1 and one in the conference, and the Bears are 5-1 and one in the conference. So, again, you get the win tonight, you're in first place in the big sky. Kobe McEwen, watch out for him. He's the big name. On Weber State, 17.5 points per game, 4.5 rebounds as well. A couple other stats to give you. Weber State, 22nd in adjusted tempo. So they play fast, top third in the nation. And Ken Palm adjusted offense and defense. They're a decent team, like in the big sky. It's Weber State, it's Colorado State. It's maybe three, four teams that can really take down the conference this year. thing that concerns me here is Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado is 300th. Northern Colorado is 300th in adjusted defense. That is not good. So Weber State should have some opportunities to score tonight. Bears have given up 80 plus points in three of four. So you say, hey, why don't you take the, the total at 158? Well, I'll tell you, I think I can live bet this one too. I think I can live bet the total. I've got the total at 153. So, wow, why don't you just bet the under if it's if you're five points different from the line and what you have it at? Well, the issues that the Bears have had defensively is what scares me. And I don't want to bet the under either. I don't want to bet the under and then all of a sudden the Bears come out, they can't guard, and Weber State's just shoving it down their throat. And then they're forced to run and pick up the tempo too. Uh, I also don't want to sweat another slow start and bet the under I mean, or bet the over. If we have a slow start and I'm betting the over early, then we're screwed. So I say, let's see if we can get this total down to 153. My play going into this game though, I like the bears and I've seen some books. They have the bears as one and a half point favorites. You go to bet rivers as I tape this late, Thursday morning, you can get one, even one and a half on Northern Colorado. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, and by the way, just hit the money line at minus 105 at that point. If you see it at one, just take the money line at, at minus 105. I like the Bears to win tonight. We'll live bet the total and we'll get going from there. We'll also go to Mark Springer, our abs insider from Altitude 92.5. He joins me next uh, after talking some hoops. So we had the Nuggets, we got the CU in game play, and we got the Bears money line and plus one. And we'll try and bet that live total as well. But Mark Springer, Mark A. Mark on Twitter, talking some abs with me next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. 
Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. All right, let's talk some Avs and a little Nathaniel Hackett here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'll call him my Avs insider. Um, Mark Springer back from Altitude 92.5 does the post game there. Producer for Kreckman and Lindahl. You know, Kreckman's on here every Wednesday. And uh, my friend, good to be with you here. We'll talk about Hackett and the hiring here. But last night was an absolutely bananas avalanche game. Uh, I had a lot going on with the Nuggets. I was watching that. But then you see Kale McCarr, the, the big goal late. McKinnon had his face bashed in. First of all, hello. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. And second of all, talk to me about that game last night. Holy moly, the Avs game was nuts. Yeah, so now they've won 17 in a row at home. They've wow. won eight overall, eight in a row. Um, they're unbeaten in their last 14 games. And, you know, this is an Avs team that got taken to a shootout by the lowly Arizona Coyotes over that stretch. The lowly Montreal Canadiens took them to overtime. They also have some really nice wins in there. But the point of, you know, why I brought those two games up is they've played a ton of hockey recently. It's, it's why they've, you know, let the Coyotes and the Canadians get a point against them. You know, they're on borrowed time here. They, they're they coming off a stretch where they played six games in eight nights. Now they're on a stretch where they're playing five games in seven nights. At some point, they have to lose, right? Like, these are NHL players, even on Arizona and Montreal. And last night, they played the Boston Bruins, who are not the Boston Bruins of a few years ago. But, you know, they, they currently are the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. So they're a good team, but, you know, they're not – one of the top level teams anymore but if you were to pencil in or 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 write a game where the ads lose last night was that night because boston is a capable team and and taylor hall inadvertently i do think took out nathan mckinnon a minute into that game uh taylor hall wanted none of the repercussions though gabe landiscock tried to fight him all night. Eric Johnson laid 20 <laughs> straight cross checks on him on a penalty kill in the second period, which was revenge motivated. Uh, he's standing up for his guy McKinnon, but you know, if you're trying to win that game, that's not a great decision from Eric Johnson because you know the refs tried to let it go. He was letting Eric get a few cross checks in on Taylor Hall, uh, but enough enough cross checks flew and the ref had no choice. He had to call it. And it put the Avs on a five-on-three kill. Boston scored on that power play. They were up three to one. You're without Nathan McKinnon. Well, this is it, right? And it made a lot of sense. The Boston Bruins are going to end all of the streaks. But even without Nathan McKinnon in that third period, you know, the guys uh, who've been there all season stepped up. Uh, Nas Kadri with a fantastic pass to Gabe Landeskog with Darcy Kemper pulled from net to ultimately tie that game at three. And then in overtime, Kale McCarr scores his 17th goal of the season to get the Avs their 17th straight home win. Uh, so this team, they just don't die. They fight until the very end. Doesn't matter who's on the ice. And even if you take Nathan McKinnon away, you still got Kale. You still got Miko, Gabe, and Kadri. So 
Yeah, this team, I don't know. It's some Final Destination stuff going on where they won't die. You cannot kill this team. No, and that's a great trait to have. I mean, you look at the great the, the Stanley Cup winners. Most of those teams, they have that trait where they can be down a couple of goals, still come back and win and never be out of the game. So what is the future here for McKinnon short term? Is he going to have to miss time because of that? That was gross, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. His nose was gushing blood, and it was really uh -huh. his own stick that kind of hit him on the bridge or upper bridge of his nose, although it was a late hit from Taylor Hall uh, as the puck was uh, was a few seconds gone from McKinnon's blade. So that's why interference was called. It was initially called a five-minute major, but they reviewed that, and I do think correctly reversed it to just a two-minute minor for interference. But nonetheless, Taylor Hall with a little bit of a late hit, clean but late, uh, Appears to have broken Nathan McKinnon's nose, could have concussed him. Jared Bednar said after the game that Nathan McKinnon might miss uh, tomorrow's game in Chicago against the Blackhawks. Uh, we'll see beyond that. So we will keep an eye on Nathan McKinnon here. Hopefully it's not too bad and he won't be out too long. He can wear a cage. He can wear extra face protection for his nose. Uh, but even without Nathan McKinnon, you know, all that does is really even the playing field a little bit for some of these other teams because, like I said, Holden, there's still a ton of star power on this team. There is. They're just so good. I mean, and, and it's a great it's a great issue to have here. Talk to me about this Blackhawks game coming up. They just played the Blackhawks, didn't they? So, what? You were yeah, going to say something. Yeah, they just played the Blackhawks. 1-2-0, um, Pavel Francouz. I think that was the second of his two straight shutouts. Um, so he'll likely start with Darcy Kemper starting last night against the Bruins. And right now, Jared Bednar does seem to want to alternate these goaltenders. Um, maybe not every other night, but it will essentially be something like that. And it's a decision that I like because both these goaltenders are playing really well. They're both above average goaltenders and each with the potential if they get hot to, to look rather elite if they can get hot. And right now they're both hot. So I'm all for keeping them, them both healthy. Uh, the Avs have had their way with the Blackhawks over the past several games. Um, they, they're just owning this Blackhawks matchup right now. Of course, we remember earlier in the season in Chicago, uh, or in early January, it looked like Chicago came back from a, an early deficit, and they took over in the second period of that game and took a lead, and it looked like Chicago was going to get the Avs in early January, but what do they do? They tie it up, and then what we all remember is in overtime, Kale McCarr scoring that absolute beauty of a spinorama to stick-handling backhand top-shelf goal to beat Marc-Andre Fleury. So, look, I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury is – he's pretty hot right now. I was going to say red hot, but he's playing really well right now. He's going to get traded by the deadline. Um, we'll see, though, if he still has a little – leftover anxiety, some PTSD when he sees Kale McCarr come his way. That'll be interesting to watch tomorrow night. Yeah, that is, that, that'll be interesting. But it's like every time you talk about these guys, it's Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr's doing this. Kale McCarr's doing that. Mm -hmm. Kale McCarr did something else last night. For the listeners here, and again, we want to bet this team going forward, but I think it helps to know some of these kids that are playing for this team. I mean, he comes up. One of, he's, he, where is he as far as the best defenseman in the league right now? Oh, he is. Where the is Kel McCarr? Huh? Uh, Adam Adam Fox won the Norris last year, and to me, that's only because Kel McCarr missed some games. 
I think that Kale had more points per game than any defenseman last season, which would include Adam Fox. But Kale just missed a few games. So his point totals weren't quite with Adam Fox, but they were close. They were close. Um, so I think that that's why Adam Fox got the nod this season. And look, Adam Fox having another pretty good season. I saw he had a shootout winner for the Rangers in a win over the Kings a few nights ago. So, you know, that, that that's very few defensemen are getting clutch shootout goals. Uh, Adam Fox and Kale McCarr are two of them, and, and it's a rare group to be in. But that being said, look, I like Adam Fox, but Kale McCarr is just on a different level. He he, You can make the argument that Kale is the Avs' most valuable player, especially this season. Nathan McKinnon's point totals uh, per game, because he missed about a month with an injury, uh, they're really good, but the goal scoring is a little low from Nathan McKinnon. Kale obviously scoring his 17th last night. So, yeah, he, he's going to win the North. So if you're looking for a futures bet, it should still be a little bit of plus money right now for Kale McCart to, to win the Norris. The only thing that robs you of that bet is if he gets hurt. That's the only risk with the Kale McCarr futures to win the Norris. So that's a really nice bet right there, especially coming in at plus money. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because in the National Football League, I don't bet preseason props uh, for winning uh, awards or I don't bet overs on stats because of the injury attrition rate. It's kind of the same thing with hockey, isn't it? So talk to me about this. How comfortable do you feel with that bet? Again, if we're getting plus money on it, that's a nice thing. And you always say if he stays healthy. Well, isn't it that way with just about any anybody here in the National Hockey League? So I like I like you pointing us one way. Do you back it up with your bankroll or is it something you want to sit back on for a while? I mean, I wouldn't go to town on it just because you're look, that, that's the that, it, then that would be the fear with any futures pick right. right for an individual player an award any player can get hurt at any time now with kale I, he has a history of sustaining upper body injuries and missing a handful of games because of them now he's managed to avoid that for the most part this season but also like you said with you know you not going in on a futures pick like that before the season i understand that because not only is there an injury risk with something like that but you know you're going off what you saw last season you know, there, there's an entire season to be played. So many variables that can happen that you do and I do like to kind of see how things play out. And yeah, you might lose value. Like Kale McCarr, I'm sure, started the season with, you know, higher plus odds than he's at right now to win the Norris. But now we've seen more evidence. We've seen uh, some sample size here. And so now I feel more comfortable um, going in on Kale McCarr, it's it's damn near a sure thing. And if injury is what you're concerned about to make that bet, well, Adam Fox could get hurt. Victor Hedman could get hurt. Sure. Anyone can get hurt. Although I will concede that Kale, like I said, you know, an upper body injury has a history of popping up every now and again. But even if one does, he only misses a handful of games and his points per game uh, numbers are just so good. I, If the NHL doesn't give him the Norris... I just think that's a travesty. He deserves it. He's the best young defenseman in the game, and I'm very excited to watch him play in the All-Star game. That could, If he has a big All-Star game, that'll that'll essentially solidify a Norris for him. Well, listen, he's an overwhelming favorite right now for the Norris Trophy. Plus 150, Adam Fox is second at plus 375. But the fact yeah. of the matter is, you bring it up, he's still at plus money, and that's huge. Like, he's a massive favorite, but he's at plus money, so I like the look. The other thing that I think is interesting, as long as we're going to talk about awards here, 
Um, the books don't know what to do with the abs. Um, now, Miko, uh, Kadri, and McKinnon, none of these guys are up for MVP. They're they're all at plus 5,000, though. Like, well, Actually, you know what? Kadri's at 8,000. So you got two guys at 50 to 1, one guy at 80 to 1. I, like, for you, who is the team MVP at this point? Rantanen, McKinnon, like, Kadri? Because... I think these guys are going to end up canceling each other out, right? They're not going to be able to catch Connor McDavid or, or Drysdale. No, um, and Alex Ovechkin too, who is fighting with Chris Kreider for the NHL leading goals right now. I'm not sure who has it. They were neck and neck the other night, uh, but Ovi also has a good assist total, so his point total is overall is pretty high. And I, like that, actually might be. Because uh, uh, I think that Connor McDavid is the favorite, but it's falling a little bit. You know, he missed some time on the COVID list, and the Edmonton Oilers, they had one two in a row now, uh, but they have been struggling a little bit. You look at that Pacific Division standings, and the Oilers and Flames both do have some games in hand on the Kings, Ducks, and Sharks. So even though the Oilers have been struggling recently, they probably make the playoffs, which Connor McDavid, if he wants to win the Hearts, he might either way because his numbers are are really insane in classic Connor McDavid fashion, but uh, he kind of needs his team to make the playoffs or else the case for Alex Ovechkin to win the heart is going to be pretty strong, especially at his age, to see what he's doing. There could be a sentimental vote factor as far as abs players for that award goes. Uh, Nathan McKinnon really is the only one who can win it, believe it or not, you know, even with his lower goal number. Uh, all it takes... Mm-hmm. And I've been telling people this is for him to get first star of the month in February coming up. I was hoping it would be January, but it doesn't look like it'll be that way. Could be February, could be March. He just needs one Nathan McKinnon-esque month because the points per game number is there. The assist numbers are there despite missing a month of action. That's what's really working against him is missing that month. But he's the one player on the abs who can explode for a strong month get that NHL first star of the month, and all of a sudden really put himself in the mix for the heart, especially if the Avs are going to win the President's Trophy. That will help his case, too, even if his overall point totals aren't on par with McDavid or even Ovechkin. Uh, but as far as MVP of this team goes, yeah, the most talented players on this team are Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, your two all-stars, probably then followed by Miko Rantanen, who should also be an all-star and is, I think, still top 10 in points in the NHL, which is crazy. That's not talked about near enough. Miko Rantanen. Miko the Frico, as you call him, Holden, which I love that oh, yes. nickname. Um, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's amazing as well. But the MVP, the most valuable player uh, for the Avs is Nazem Kadri, who got the fan vote into the All-Star game. We talked about him the last time I was on, so I won't go too in-depth there. But he had three assists last night. Uh, assisted on the game-tying goal, was the primary assist on that great pass. Uh, him stepping up uh, as that true fourth player for the Avs uh, has been much needed. Now, he won't win the heart, though. Despite his great season, uh, with the numbers he's putting up, Nazem Kadri just quite simply will not win the heart trophy. All right, so two other things to get to. First of all, our parlay that we came up with last week hit. It was the Avs mm-hmm. and the Golden Knights money line. Golden Knights... Freaked me out just a little bit, but they came through. You already gave us a Kale McCarr bet. I mean, I love that. I'm not going to run to the window with it just because of my principle, but it's a it's a very uh, sound bet. The last thing to talk about, real quick, your thoughts on Nathaniel Hackett, because this, after all, this is Denver. We could talk hockey all we want. 
Jokic is going to get named an all-star starter today. That should be a nice news, but it's all about Nathaniel Hackett. Like the, like, like the, the new head coach. Don't like it. What's some general thoughts out of you, Springer? Uh, so Dan Quinn appeared to be the early favorite, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, former Falcons head coach. Uh, obviously, you know that, Holden, but for anyone else uh, out there listening. Um, and he's a defensive coach, defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Vic Fangio was obviously a defensive coach. And you look at the Falcons blowing that 28-3 to Super Bowl lead, and you wonder – hmm, does Dan Quinn just have any bad juju with him? And is this Vic Fangio 2.0? And he's a defensive coach. And Vance Joseph was a defensive coach. We're, we kind of wanted an offensive coach around here, and we got it uh, in Nathaniel Hackett, uh, who, who did not call plays for the Packers, but uh, he uh, uh, was instrumental in Blake Bortles and the Jaguars getting to an AFC championship. Uh, a few years ago so he does have that history for him and you know he works with Aaron Rodgers so maybe maybe he brings Aaron Rodgers over I think that that when, when we see the Nathaniel Hackett hire I think that a lot of people here in Denver instantly think is Aaron Rodgers coming here because Holden I yeah. don't see how Aaron Rodgers goes back to the Packers you lose in your first playoff game uh, you were over a minus 200 favorite at home against the Niners and you only put up, you score on your first drive, and that's it. I just don't see how he'll look at this Packers team and think that there's a future there, that they can, I mean, can they win there? Of course they could win there. But after the poor results that they've had the, the past few years, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, with all the frustration as well, I'm out. So with the Broncos hiring Nathaniel Hackett, it does feel like George Payton is making a play to get Aaron Rodgers. And I see it as a realistic possibility, certainly more realistic than I thought two weeks ago. I would say that two weeks ago, the Aaron Rodgers to Denver thing was a, a laughing stock. There's no way in hell this thing is happening. Things are starting to look good again in Green Bay. He's talking about how his relationship with the general manager is better. And then all of a sudden they lose. Things don't look good. The special team stinks. The sky is falling, and maybe he just wants to get out of there and, and go start anew, and hopefully he comes here to Denver because it'd be nice for that team to be good again. But we do have a great Avs team. we got a Nuggets team that's starting to play better. we got some good college hoops in town now uh, as well going on. Springer, make sure you plug your show, plug your Twitter handle, and we'll get you out of here. On Twitter, at Mark A. Mark, uh, the show is Between the Pipes. It comes on uh, 20 minutes after every Avalanche game on Altitude Sports Radio. 92.5 FM. All right. Thanks for hopping on here, Mr. Springer. Thank you very much for checking out the show, whether you're watching it or listening to it. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. Again, Holden Kushner. It's the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. 
I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 